Welcome to another episode of Average Reviews, where we review things averagely. I'm Tabitha. And I'm Chris. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Average Reviews Podcast with your hosts. I'm Tabitha. I'm Chris. Maybe some sort of delay in our speech. Awesome. We shall persist. That's not a word. Persist. Persist. Is that the word? Persist, yeah. I'm going to apologise now because I currently have a dog on me and a cat about two metres away. It's not two metres, it's like... 30 centimeters away from me so there might be some barking that ensues and also there's either going to be a lot of talking over each other or a lot of dead space while we wait for the other person to respond yeah so it's gonna be great fun so very professional anyway we that that was our brief little you know introduction bit um, we're going to move on to one of the films that we have watched recently, which is Last Night in Soho. So this is a film that stars Thomasin McKenzie, Annie Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith. They're the main, the main people in it. And it's basically about a girl who is, she wants to be a fashion designer and she moves into a house because she's going to study fashion in London. And she starts having these dreams of this girl from the 60s. And it like slowly descends into madness. And this girl from the 60s begins haunting her. And then there's like a little twist at the end. Pretty much, yeah. So, what did you think of it? I was blown away by it. I thought it was an excellent, excellent film. I went in I with agree. High, I went in with high expectations because it's an Edgar Wright film and I've loved everything he's done before. And it just blew me out of the water. I thought it was phenomenal, especially the cinematography of it. Some of the scenes in it were just mind-boggling and fantastic. I completely agree. I... Don't know anything else. I'm sure I have seen something else that he's directed, but I don't know him as being something as directing anything else. But um, I like both Tomsin McKenzie and Anya Taylor Joy. I've seen them both in some really, really good roles. And I went into it thinking, okay, this is going to be a good film. And I was still like, oh my God, that was a great film. Oh, hands down, it's one of the best films I've seen this year. Entirely one of the best films I've seen this year. Exactly. But there was so there were some really, really ingenuitive bits. Like there was a scene where the two characters so basically what happens is kind of like when she's in the dream, she is the girl from the sixties at times. So there was a scene where she was dancing with Matt Smith and it kind of was cut in between Annie Taylor-Joy dancing with him and Mackenzie, um, Thomas and Mackenzie dancing with him. But it was just absolutely seamless. Oh, that's the word for it, seamless. It's just such a fantastic shot. Anyone that wants to sort of pick up on how to do a shot like that, watch that. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. It's an a really, really impressive job on both the like special editing team, the lighting team, the actress actresses and the director and the photographer um, cinematographers and just everyone worked together in such this cohesive way and created a scene that is one of the best scenes of twenty twenty one. Yeah, you just, you need to do yourself a favour and just go and watch that scene. Yeah. Even if you don't watch the rest of the film, watch that scene. That it's one just, scene. It's pure cinema at its best. 
It's exactly what it's you want out of a film. It is absolutely incredible. And bearing in mind, this is like a couple of weeks on from when we went to watch it, and we can still remember. I can still remember it pretty clearly. Um, and so that's just one of the ways you know that this was a really, really good film. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed the story. I did enjoy the story. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of the ending, but Well, the twist. I, yeah. It's one that I will freely admit I didn't see coming until just before it happened. So I was quite happy with it because I, it's not very often that that happens to me. That is true. You are pretty good at guessing them. The, the film just, yeah, the film just completely sucked me in in its entirety. I just I gave myself over to the film and I didn't think about stuff like that. I just let it happen to me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, like I say, it's very rare that happens. So it was just an, an amazing piece of cinema for me. Amazing. It did a really, really good job of being really, really creepy as well. So I yeah no I don't I don't think that you would get as creeped out as I would purely because you're a man and I'm not I'm yeah a woman. I can understand where you're coming from. So one of the main plot lines is that this girl from the '60s is kind of she wants to be an actress or a singer, and so she's done the typical thing of gone to like the West End. And spoken to some of the hotshot people, and you know how things were like a bit seedy back then. So she got taken advantage of, and basically ended up having to become a prostitute. Yeah, she started off trying to be strong, like turning people down, and then she got in with Matt Smith, and that was like the doorway to the darkness, effectively. Yeah, and it's just kind of like they did this really, really good job of. Make, drilling in how upsetting and soul-destroying it would have been back then because kind of these men become these faceless figures and it's just terrifying. I was sat there like full-on creeped out, feeling really, really uncomfortable, but not in the way when you're like something feels uncomfortable because of like a personal thing. It was uncomfortable because I was like, oh, I feel this is just really gross and disturbing and I thought that they did that in a really nice not nice but in a really good way <laughs> a, a well done way yeah I can see where you're coming from with that like I say I wouldn't I wasn't particularly creeped out but I understand what you're saying and it didn't have quite the same effect on me but the message was still the same but I, I also think that the acting was really really good I don't think there was anything wrong with it, to be honest. The film at all, like the set pieces were great. Costumes, phenomenal. Oh, the costumes. You should have heard me as I came out. I literally came out. Look, costumes and the music, we forgot to mention. Yeah, there music's is, brilliant. Uh, music's a large part of it. And Anya Taylor-Joy, no. <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy does actually sing some of the songs in it. Um, All of the songs that her character sings, she sings for real. But... I came out of it and I was like, right, now I really, really want to go listen to some 60s music and I really, really want some 60s outfits. It was because it was just like that. It felt that authentic. I was like, right, I want to, I want to copy that. I, I, wanted, I want that. Yeah, the, the whole aesthetic of the film just hit the right notes. Yeah. yeah. It's not the only time I'll be saying that today. If I remember. Uh, but no, it was an incredible film. It was very good. What would you rate it, Father? Mm. I'm toying between nine and nine and a half, to be honest. It's, I think I'm going to have to stick with nine. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. But it's a thoroughly, highly recommended film. Uh, yeah, it's the kind of film that I can imagine that someone teaching in a media studies class. 
I would say that just that dancing scene alone is oh, it amazing. should deserve an extra half mark for that, but I can't. I hope it wins some kind of award. I don't even know when award season is anymore. Lost track of everything. So, granted, there's stuff throughout the year as well now. But yeah, well, we'll find out. Anyway, okay, so. Moving on to our next film, Eternals. Latest Marvel film. Latest Marvel film. So this stars Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Samala Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kamali Nanjiani, Liam McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, um, Barry Keoghan, I don't think I pronounced that right, Ma Dong-Siok and Harish Patel. They're kind of the main the main people. It also has Bill Skarsgård in. As who? It's Crow. Can't remember that at all. I'm, I'm Googling it. You do that. Nice bit of dead air for it. So I will start. Oh, it's the guy with the weird two eyes. It means nothing I'll send to you me. A pic- I'll send you a picture in a bit. Yeah, I'm not going to look at it now because it'll just mess up my connection. Yeah, no, I'm not going to send it now because it'll mess up everything for me as well. But yeah, um, I went into this. With wait, wait, wait. Real- do you want to give the synopsis? Sure. Thank you. Go on. The synopsis is that many thousands of years ago, the well, a group of people called the Eternals came to Earth to help fight off the. Can't remember what they're called. Deviants. That's the one. The deviants, and they were placed on Earth to make sure the deviants didn't effectively ruin it for what is discovered later in the film and uh, put me on the spot I wasn't expecting this and basically it's a little bit of them throughout time how they've got to where they are and things and then just catching up on modern day and it takes on from there yeah nailed it nice thanks anyway sorry go on what did you think I went into it with ridiculously low expectations. 100% agree. Everything I'd read about it was slating it, saying it was useless, saying it was too much to take on, blah, 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 blah. But I was actually pleasantly, um, what's the word? Not amused. Surprised? Yeah, that's that, that'll do. Pleasantly surprised with it. I enjoyed it. I thought it, it wasn't the best Marvel film, but... I wouldn't say it was a bad film either. No, I completely agree. I went in being very, very cautious because I was like, right, they're introducing so many new characters, it's just going to be a whole mess. And I'm genuinely, genuinely impressed that it made so much sense. It was very, very coherent to me. Oh, completely, yeah. And within the first, like, ten minutes of the film, you had a real feel for all the characters and you knew what all the characters' powers were, which I thought was a really... It's nice to get it out of the way so that you understand what's going on, but they also did it in a way that was... I actually really liked it. It didn't feel like they were just, like, shoving it down your throat, like, okay, we're going to introduce the characters so we can move on. It was. It kind of, like, made sense. Yeah. Um. So, but no, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, had um, some definite high spots in it. I thought that the plot line was really, really good. I really thought it, I liked how they did a blend of the past and the present as well. Yeah. I thought that they did that in a really, really impressive way. Like, it looked very, very good. And then having that human... um touchstone effectively in the modern day time as well with yeah Kamal Nanjiani's valet yeah oh my gosh that was amazing he was incredible 
His name was Karen. Something like that. It, it was. I just looked. It was Karun. That's it. Karun, not Karen. No, I tried to say Karun and failed and then corrected myself. <laughs> but yeah, like you say, it had 10 plus characters to try and flesh out, build a little backstory to put them into perspective in the modern era as well. And it did it all really quite well. Mm. I don't know where all of the hate beforehand came. Me either. I know there was a lot of people that moaned because, oh no, there's a same-sex kiss. Grow up. Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the reasons that people would have been quite against it, some small-minded people, because... The cast is very, very diverse. From what I understand, it's a lot more diverse than what was actually like the source material as well. But so what? But I think that is, for Marvel, very it telling that it's going in the right direction. Because in the past, they have completely cut out people who have been of colour. And now they're like introducing people of colour in. And they did it in such a way where it was like a very cohesive, like there was a family of people. Everyone looked different, but they they were all a family. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah. And and as as with every family, there's a bit of infighting as well that's touched on. Yeah. It it shows a family... um, relationship really nicely yeah um but as you said there is i I, it's just a very inclusive film there is a deaf character who is actually played by somebody who is deaf um there are loads of people of color and there's a same-sex relationship and not only is it a same-sex relationship it's a same-sexed biracial relationship where they have an adopted child And it's an actually successful relationship as well. Yeah, no one dies. Not just that, like the home life and everything seems very settled, whereas sometimes you get these like sort of same-sex relationships where everything's on edge and they're they're trying to force all this drama down you and whatever, but that wasn't. Yeah. It, It was, in my opinion, this had a lot of representation done well. I'm sure that there are elements that they didn't do as well, but they'll be in places that I am not in a position to speak about. But it's just, I really, I also thought it was quite, not explicitly empowering for women, but it was quite empowering for women because you've just got these superheroes who are women and, that's not focused on at all. They're just successful and admired. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that as well, yeah. I think this feels like a turning point in the Marvel Universe. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where they go, but don't forget this was also directed by a woman and um, a woman who is a person of colour as well, so... Yeah, a very accomplished um, director by by Chloe Zhao. And she's a very good director and she's quite accomplished in her own right as well. She's done a few other things that have been really successful. Um, And I think that it's really nice that we did have this new perspective to the, like, behind the scenes the the directing to have this woman of colour. It, it's nice to have more diversity. Oh, yeah, diversity is never going to be a bad thing. I agree. So, um, who is your favourite character? Um, I can't remember what his character's name is, but it was Kamal Nanjiani. Kingo? Yeah. Mm, same. He, I love him so much. He does seem like a nice guy. He was kind of like, he was very um, 
defensive of the same-sex relationship in it as well. I use defensive of all sides of it. Yeah, everyone is... No one's like, oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. That's not a kid's thing. Also, anyway, sorry, I'm going to continue with that and then go back. Um, But it just seems like they have this united front and they're not going to let the critics get to them, which is really nice. Um, but as I was saying, also, there's kind of like a mini alluded to sex scene as well. Yeah. Which I thought was an interesting touch to add. I can't even really remember it, so it didn't make that much of an impact. Well, okay. <laughs> Who is it between? Um. Um... I think it was Richard Madden and maybe Gemma Chan. Chan, I'm not sure. So you can't remember it that well then either. No, I just remember it was there. (laughs) I remember it was like on some rocks or something. Anyway, but no, I I thought it was really good. Very, very good. What would you rate it? It was a good film, but putting it into perspective against the other Marvel films, maybe 7.75. Well, I'm going to give it an 8.5. That's going to make the average work really awkward then. <laughs> Enjoy. <clears throat> Sorry. Fine, I'll bump it up to an 8 just to make my job easier when I finally get around to it. <laughs> finally yeah in like four years time well beth kept saying she was gonna do it and then she never did so i'll get around to it one day take some initiative i will anyway right. moving on we're next going to talk about ghostbusters afterlife so this yeah. starred carrie coon paul rudd finn wolfhard mckenna grace Logan Kim and Celeste O'Connor. Oh, nice name. Um, <laughs> I really like that name, Celeste. Unique. Um, anyway, so this is basically um, the daughter, no, yes, the daughter of one of the original Egon Spengler. Egon Spengler. In, he's dead and now she's moved into his house because he's been a recluse for like 30 years or whatever um, and it's basically her children mainly her daughter played by McKenna Grace having to fight against the resurgent ghosts Zool Zool Yes. So, yes. Um, it doesn't say if it was Olivia Wilde. It has to be. It has to be Olivia Wilde. And J.K. Simmons as well. It, it does list J.K. Simmons. Anyway, I did not like it. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> I was so, so disappointed. Why? I don't know how to properly explain it. It's just, it felt too fast. And it felt like there were bits that weren't properly developed. Paul Rudd didn't have nearly enough time in it. Um, I just, I thought the characters were a bit naff. And I, I don't know. I just, I really didn't like it. It didn't live up to what I was hoping for. And I was thoroughly disappointed. On the flip side, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. It hit every bit of nostalgia exactly how you wanted it to do without forcing it down your throat in a bad way. I thought the characters were fine. The story was good. But I, it's, I, I loved it. I genuinely loved it. I came away feeling really happy. And that's even after crying at the um, finale. You cried. I did. I did not. I felt no emotion whatsoever. 
No, Beth and me were both in tears. We, I don't know if it's a generational thing or what. It must be. Because I know because... you say you watched it when you were a kid and everything, but I, 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 did, I don't I know. Not, I don't think I'd have had the same draw to it that you would have done. Because yeah. it was just kind of like a watching it in passing. It wasn't like a watching it and, oh, my God, this is a staple of my childhood, like it probably was with you. Yeah, but it it just it hit everything exactly how it needed to hit it to me. I can't remember what the phrase was that I said at the start of this podcast that I said. It's not the only time I'll say it today, but it's relevant here as well. This is where I wanted to say it as well. I also didn't like what they did with the original cast. Oh, I don't understand that at all. It just felt really... Shallow and just no, I didn't like it at all. No, 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 no. This is the true sequel to the Ghostbusters. It's like they tried to um, bookend the original cast into the female reboot. That was bad. This, they actually gave them their actual original characters. They were playing them as they played them back then in character. That is true. And- I'll give them that. It did. It was consistent. Exactly. They did exactly what they needed to do to put these characters to bed and potentially pass the torch on. That's what they tried to do in the female reboot and just failed miserably. But this one just smashed it out of the park for me. It's the true sequel. I will not object to that. I completely agree. The, The female one tried to completely ignore the original story and it just didn't did not work at all even though it had some good actors in it but i will say this one was a lot better and one of the things that i thought was really good was the cg there was some really really well done cg elements yeah i like the little baby marshmallows (laughs) yeah they were cool but the moment that Harold Ramis in CG comes and helps um, his granddaughter effectively. I was in pieces. See, I would have never known he was dead because it did look very, very good. Completely. And he's like aged up well and everything. So it did look legit. It was just. It truly does look authentic. It's just. And sorry. I was just going to say, it's just, it's played off so well. And again, it's not exactly forced down your throat, but it's there. And it's just, it's done fantastically well for me. And I love the film. I could appreciate the sentiment of him coming back and helping and things. It's just, for me, did not feel emotional at all, which is really, really surprising. I agree. But then maybe you're just finally becoming a cold-hearted shrew. <laughs> but I won't say it was a bad film. It wasn't a bad film at all. I think it's just a a me thing. I can completely appreciate that it is a good film and there are lots of elements that are done well. It's just I'm finding it easier to pick at faults than you are. Yeah. Anyone who watched it originally as a kid will love this film. And I can I can understand that. I can see why it would be that kind of sentimental and feel like that to other people. And I think it's, like say, if they did want to make this into a new franchise, like kick the franchise off again, I think they've done that fantastically well. They've got the right people in place to do that as well. Like the three sorts of kids that it revolves around were all really well done there are four but okay well who's the four? Oh, the yeah girlfriend i didn't yeah. know her but yeah the sidekick i think he was brilliant he was good and mckenna grace is a very very good actress yeah. i think she's got a bright future ahead of her you've said that about so many people on this podcast <laughs> i'm just i'm a prophecy teller what can i say yeah it doesn't mean you're gonna be right like tom is in Mackenzie, I think she's got a very bright future ahead of her as well because she kind of kicked off with Jojo Rabbit and now she's done Last Night in Soho and she smashed both of the roles. Completely. 
I'm I'm genuinely really looking forward to seeing what she will do in the future. Nice. So what would you rate it? So I'm really interested to hear this. See, I don't really know because I... Oh, she's from New Zealand. Sorry, I will stop looking at that because I'm going to get distracted. <laughs> you already are. <laughs> yeah. She, I, I don't know. Um, it. I, I'm going to rate it like... I feel bad, but I'd say six point five. <laughs> Fair Maybe enough. You're entitled to, to your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. No, I know, but hey, I know my opinion. Okay, six point five. But I know my opinion is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would give it eight point seven five. I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I just, it was the perfect film for a Ghostbusters film. I'm glad that you got what you wanted to get out of it. Completely. Because I think that that is something that they probably had to deal with very delicately. You've got these fans, you've got to give them something that is right. And yeah. it sounds like they did it right. Well, yeah, so many things have tried in the past and failed miserably, but to me, this hit it right on the head. Awesome. Right. We're going to move on to a new... Well, it's not really that new, I don't think. A series that I recently watched, that we've both watched. We've both recently watched. Oh, it is new then. What is? I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. new. Okay. It is new. Um, and it's called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, because when Beth and me were watching it, we were watching it weekly because that's when it was released. We couldn't binge it like you. Oh. No, I binged it. Proper binged it. I know. So this had Madison Eisman, Brianne Tiju, Bill Heck, Ezekiel Goodman, Never would have said his name's Ezekiel. Ashley Moore, Fiona Reen, bunch of other people. <laughs> what about the other twin? Madison Eisman. <laughs> Which, let me tell you, caused some confusion to begin with. Because <laughs> I don't think I had um, realised that she had put her sister's hoodie on so i was very confused well yeah, i had that's... been tricked like everybody else had been that's how they played it they played it to make you think but i got it <laughs> no need to brag i'm just slow well there's some things you get some things you don't some things <laughs> anyway this is about a girl who, after a graduation party, kills her twin sister in a car crash and then pretends to be her twin for the next year. And then she comes back home and stuff kicks off. So yeah, you found out this was based on a book, which I didn't know. I assumed it was just a spin-off from the original film. No, it's based uh, on a book. Yeah, I don't know which one's going to be more accurate to the source now. I think the f series is because as I was like, me. you know how um, Amazon does like the trivia things as you're watching stuff? Yeah. There were a lot of those um, like, giving extra information about characters. So I think that it's based on the book because it was information that you would definitely not get from the series. Cool. Yeah, like I say, it wouldn't surprise me if the series was more sort of source-based because the film was a little bit out there because it was trying to just do its own thing as well. Yeah. But it's nothing like the original film story-wise other than there's someone that comes around to hunt some people a year later after a car accident, effectively. Yeah. Um, the book is written by Lois Duncan, 
Okay. Actually, it doesn't look like it's based on the book that much because um, Wikipedia is saying the original book is about a high school senior who receives a note and the previous summer, her, her boyfriend, her boyfriend's best friend and her boyfriend's best friend's girlfriend were driving home and ran over a young boy cycling. So, not like the series at all. So maybe it so, is. The film is closer. Who knows? Who cares? Not me. But anyway, what did you think of the series? I really enjoyed it. It hooked me. Yeah. So I did keep coming back every week. It was well written, well acted. And it was just one of those things that it just kept you coming back to it. You wanted to sort of see how it played out. It's like the whole who's the killer type thing. They just throw so many suspects at it. And then you think they're sort of finally settling down and everyone's like, oh, okay, this person's the killer, right? I get that. And then suddenly, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You? I also really enjoyed it. It's a very bingeable show. I watched it quite fast. And um, I, I genuinely really enjoyed it. I thought it had a lot of really good twists and turns. It built a story really well. And um, now that I know it's not based on the book, it makes the story a little bit more impressive because it was quite complex and well thought out. Yeah. And like there's, like I said, there's just so many twists and turns thrown at you. You just never know which one to really believe. Yeah. What did you think about who the killer actually ended up being? Made sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't against that at all. It also deals with some, well, say deals with, portrays some um, raw topics. Oh, yeah, um, it's not afraid to pull some punches. No, there's lots of, like, drugs, and there's some self-harm, some eating disorder, some just, you know, like, grief. A lot of mental health issues. Yeah, lots of mental health issues. Some cult yeah, again, lots of mental health issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really excited to see. Did it leave off on a cliffhanger? I'm pretty sure it remember. did. It must have done. I'm pretty sure it did. Oh, yeah, it did because it ended with Riley opening her eyes. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So I'm, mm. I assume that they'll do a second season, and so I'm Huge excited for that. There. Well, not really, because out of context, that makes no sense. But anyone that does watch it, when they get to that part, will be like, she opens her eyes. Out of all yeah. of our many, many listeners that hear this and then will go on to watch it, that is. Mm, I'm sure there'll be so many. <laughs> we love you, though. Anyway, what are you going to rate it? Oh, that's a good question. Probably 7.75. I'm going to give it an 8. I did so really I'm enjoy sticking it. I'm with a 7.75. I don't care if it makes the average awkward. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, think I really... it quite deserves an 8 from me. Well, I really enjoyed it. Well, actually, yeah. I enjoyed it too. So I'd bump it up to an eight. It <laughs> talked me into it. Okay. Right. Um, can you think of anything else that we've watched together? Not together, but then my memory's shocking, so who knows? Maybe. Right. Well, I'm going to go steal the next 20 minutes. I'm kidding. Go um, for it. I went to the cinema recently to watch Spencer. And let me tell you, it is one <laughs> of... Leave me alone. Let me tell you. 
<laughs> it, it it was one of, if not the best film I have seen in the cinemas this year. It was absolutely incredible. I words can't express how impressed I was with it. So it stars Kristen Stewart, Timothy Spall. This picture looks strange there. Sorry. I'm trying to figure out if he's the guy that I think he is or if he's not the guy that I think he is. The dude from Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I never in a million years would have said that. The one that plays the rat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wormtail. Oh, my God. Never, ever would have said that. He looks so different. He looks so different. Stop getting sidetracked. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Chris, well, I mean, the only person you really need to know is Kristen Stewart. I'll not lie. She's the only important person in this film. But I'll say some other people. As Timothy Spall, oh my Jesus, Freddie Spry, Jack Nealon, Sean Harris, Jack Farthing, some other people. But it was incredible. It was so, so good. So basically it is set over a three-day period in one summer. No, wow, one Christmas. <laughs> it, it was Christmas. I don't know where I got summer from. I know what you um, did last summer. Yeah, uh, that's it. Right, one um, Christmas. The Christmas after people found out that Charles had cheated on her. So it was her having to spend Christmas with the royal family while hugely, hugely suffering with her mental health. And it was heartbreaking. It was me. I was sat there and I was just feeling so sorry for her and so outraged at our royal family because they treated her so badly and nobody it it was if we're to believe the film it was very very obvious that she was struggling and people knew she was struggling and no one did anything to help her and it's just it was heartbreaking you could really you really felt for her character really felt for her children especially william uh, prince william now um well he was back then as well <laughs> um anyway william because he kind of had this responsibility of looking after his mum because charles didn't do anything diana was struggling and William was the only person she could really talk to about it. Which is not a great position for a young child to be in with their parents. Um, so you really, really got a feel. It hit you in the feels. It really did. Um, and Kristen Stewart. Oh my God. Give this girl an Oscar. It was. She was just. Absolutely incredible. You you would never have said that it was Kristen Stewart. She nailed it. The accent, impeccable. The mannerisms of Diana. The, or she held her shoulders in this really awkward, weird way. And it was, it was just... She completely embodied the character. Um, and you think back to Kristen Stewart's Twilight days, and it's like, that is not the same person. Even the way she looks, they nailed it. There were a few scenes where, like, her face was partially shaded. And I was like, have they blended footage of Diana in here? Because it looked so much like Diana. It was incredible. And the way that they did the film was like 
they there were elements where there was really really loud music and it felt really really suffocating and there were moments where there was no music at all and it felt like really awkward and imposing because of how silent it was and there were some absolutely gorgeous shots of like the countryside and her and it was just there was some really are you yawning no sounded like you were yawning no it's just a deep breath um but and there were some just gorgeous moments and it was just it was an experience to go and watch it and i would happily happily go and watch it again it was genuinely a masterpiece it it was just and i was cautious like I'm not sure that I'm going to enjoy this because I was like, maybe it's going to be a bit dull. But no, it wasn't dull at all. It was gripping and it was heartbreaking and it was just incredible. I cannot urge people to go and watch it enough. And I really hope that it wins some kind of award because it was just... And the way that it honoured Diana as well by portraying how ruthless and horrible it was and how little say she had it was just the way they treated her was just vile absolutely despicable and heartbreaking that's that if i had to sum the film up in one word it would be heartbreaking but in a very good way Okay. Yes. I'll watch it when it comes out on Netflix or whatever. So will I. Yeah, I just it wasn't a film that I wanted to go watch in the cinema. It just I don't, it didn't grip me enough to go and watch it. It's not my kind of style of film. I'm so glad that I did go watch it. I think that part of the experience will be taken away from you with it not being a cinema because of the sound potentially yeah that's the price I'm willing to pay so what else were you wanting to talk about oh I also have just watched what would you rate it actually never said oh 9.5 definitely 9.5 it was an incredible film it really was (laughs) We didn't rate I Know What You Did Last Summer, did we? Yeah. Did we? Yeah, we both gave it Uh, eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Wait, who was your favourite character in it? Irrelevant. We've moved on now. Oh. Well, if you want to say, you say. Mm, I don't know who my favourite character was. Um, (laughs) I think my favourite character was pre... Death Allison. No, she was too whiny. My favourite character was Allison in the moments where she was really upset. Random. Yeah. We never talked about the actual original film. Oh, no, we didn't. We can do that now. We've got ten minutes. I thought you wanted to cover something else. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, I was just going to say I recently watched the second season of Tiger King. So did I. Oh, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, we can talk about that then. You know I was watching it because I talked about the psychic detective. Oh, yeah. Oh, that just completely, like, slipped out of my mind. Wow. There we go. Yeah. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Tiger King is the phenomenon from the start of COVID. 2020, yeah. Yeah, it's the thing that took the world by storm about a character named Joe Exotic. I say character, he's a real person. He's a he's guy. A he's a character. Well, I mean, that is a debatable fact. But yeah, it's about him and some murder for plot hire that he eventually gets. No, right, no. Well, it's not, but... Entirely incorrect. So what Tiger King is about is a man who owns a tiger zoo and 
has a lot of shenanigans with a woman named Carol Baskin. They have this massive feud, and there are loads of other play- people at play like Jeff Lowe. Um, who doesn't hate him? This is me and my friends were having a conversation about it the other week, and we were like, okay, this season we kind of got more of a feel for Joe and his past, and it's kind of he's had quite a sad life. And he doesn't seem to be as bad as Jeff Lowe because Jeff Lowe is purely in it for the money. Joe Exotic actually seems to care about his tigers. To a degree. Yeah, he, they seems to be a morsel of, is that a word? Yeah. A morsel of humanity in him. But with Jeff Lowe, none. He He's going out and he's picking up pretty girls in his park and like, kidnapping them but not kidnapping them and he's saying all these slanderous lies and he's being really mean to his tigers and things he's the bad guy that's my point of view the first series made it out as well that's true it did and i don't understand why it wasn't picked up on more because the first series was more about joe and carol baskin i yeah what are your thoughts on carol baskin I don't like her. I think she probably had some involvement in her ex-husband's death. From the... Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, if she wasn't directly involved, she knows more than she's let on. From the information that's presented in the series, obviously we won't have all the information and the series will likely skew information to fit their agenda. But from the information that we have in the series she doesn't seem to be the most innocent. But at the same time, obviously, that being said, I do not think that people should be sending her death threats. Oh, no, not at all. The way that people have treated her has been outrageous. It has been uncalled for. I agree. But the whole, everything about that whole show, all the people on it, it's just ludicrous. Mm. That's why it became such a phenomenon, because there were these people who were being deadly serious, but everything they were doing was like a caricature. Yeah. It's crazy that there are real people out there. And I think especially from our British point of view, we can look at it and be like, oh, look, the Americans. Yeah, again, there's some more crazy Americans kind of thing. Because we don't have tiger zoos in this country, we don't have things like that. You Road can't just, zoos. yeah, you can't just go down a dirt road and suddenly end up at a zoo. That kind of thing is in itself well, crazy to us. You may be able to. You just have to find the right back road. Yeah, but because uh, to me, it seems really unethical to have any kind of zoo like that. No, I completely agree. But, but so long as the animals are well looked after and everything, I've not got an issue with it. But it does seem that most like that do seem to be a little on the shady side. Yeah, entirely. And obviously then you've got all your ethical issues about the space for the animals and things like that. But I'm not an expert. No, it. I. I always think back to when... We're on the point of view of zoos in year five. It's really weird that I have this distinct memory, but there was this distinct memory I have of our teachers splitting us into two sides. One one group was arguing for zoos, one group was arguing against zoos. And I remember being so conflicted at the time, like I don't think obviously I don't think animals should be treated badly and I don't think they should be confined. But at the same time, if zoos are protecting them, then surely they're a good thing. But the zoos are harming them, and some zoos are harming them in the process of protecting them, so it makes no sense. Yeah. I just wish that we lived in a world where animals could roam free and not be poached. Well, humanity will get wiped out soon enough, so then animals will be fine. One can hope. Yeah, what I like, well, I say what I liked, what I thought was different about this series is there was very little of Joe in it because obviously he's in prison. He's in prison, yeah. So it focused on all the sort of 
side characters for want of a better word like there's a bit more investigation into the death of carol baskin's first husband but that was more from the kids of that person's side not carol baskin's side then there's all the stuff about jeff Lowe and everything exposing him for the actual piece of scum that he is yeah i'm glad there was some sense of justice brought in this season with like that other dude who was declawing cats and throwing them at people. Yeah. Um, he's now under investigation. And it's very obvious that he's in the wrong. Because oh, yeah, completely. You just, especially the way that some of these people talk to like judges and things. If I was in front of a judge, my knees would be shaking. My voice would be <laughs> wobbling. I would be near tears. And this man's just like effing and blinding at him. I'm just, I don't understand it. It's all the American freedom and all that crap, isn't it? They, some of them just let it get too much in the head. It's, it's ridiculous. Like how he's threatening to shoot cops and things like that. I just, and then being surprised when they like retaliate and arrest you. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, odds are there'll be a third series at some point when whatever happens with Joe happens, he'll either get released and there'll be a huge like third series or he won't and then there'll just be a smaller third series talking about other bits and wrapping up bits with Jeff Lowe and all that crap. Yeah. But- yeah, I enjoyed it. It's just garbage television that's enjoyable. To end the discussion on Tiger King for the moment... Do you think Joe deserves 22 years in prison? No. No, me either. Oh, wait, no. My my final, final question. Do you think he actually hired someone to kill Carol Baskin? No, not not thinking it was going to like be followed through. I no, think I don't it was think all he's empty serious. threats. I don't think he seriously hired some. I think he was making outlandish statements of yeah. someone should go kill Carol Baskin. But yeah, I don't think just there was like any conviction of, behind it. Yeah, just all empty threats, just like a bit of bravado on his side, like this woman's causing me problems. I'm going to pay someone to kill her. To, yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. So I don't think he ever intentionally wanted to get someone to actually go and kill her. Whereas Jeff Lowe, I think is a dirty, vile swine who actually did want to kill Joe just to get his zoo. Yeah, that he and his wife, I hate his wife as well. I know. She's just, I I can't tell whether I think she's been manipulated or if she's just a horrible person. I know, and like half the interviews that she's doing, she's just there in like lingerie and stuff. It's like, what the hell are you doing, love? Yeah. Uh. I don't know, but they're all just tapped in the head. Proper mental. Yeah, 100%. I reckon someone's got some kind of narcissistic... Oh, like that dude who was riding the like jet skis. Yeah. He's. I feel like he's some kind of narcissist. I oh, didn't like him. Weird. He's, he's, but then there he's was... weird on so many levels. Yeah. There was the dude who was the hitman and he like he was my favorite guy he was genuinely distraught over everything he did seem remorseful like and he didn't even do anything but he like seemed genuinely genuinely upset and was like literally offering himself up for the slaughter in replacement for joe yeah like i say he just seemed genuinely remorseful for how things played out Anyway, on that note, we should probably finish now. Well, you need to rate it. Oh, I feel like it's hard to rate something that's real life. I'm still going to give it seven and a half. It's garbage TV, but it's entertainment. Yeah, I'll give it seven and a half. Not that hard then, was it? No. Anyway. (laughs) Now we do need to end. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening, and we hope you all enjoyed. Yeah. Come back next time, whenever next time happens. (laughs) Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of Average Reviews. 
We're always on the lookout for feedback or requests, so if you do have anything, please contact us. Email is requests at averagereviews.co.uk. As the name suggests, any requests you've got, but we also take any other kinds of feedback. Um, we've got a website, www.averagereviews.co.uk, which doesn't get updated very often, to be honest, but we will be trying to get that up to date more often. Easiest way to reach us would probably be on Twitter, which is Average Podcast. There is a handle of Average Reviews that we would like. If you're the owner, please get in touch. Otherwise, we will stay as Average Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good life. <laughs>